you want to just switch topics? Let's talk, I don't know, the Christmas season this week. And we can we can spend the entire time singing Christmas carols. Great. All right. A one, two, three, four. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Talk Christmas Season. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This is the very first episode of Let's Talk Christmas Season. We're going to be talking about Christmas carols, Christmas decorations, Christmas costumes, and Christmas cookies. I'm here with my Christmas co-host, TJ Lett. Merry Christmas, Tommy. Merry Christmas, Jack. I'm very excited for this episode of Let's Talk Christmas Season. Tis the season to be jolly. Deck the halls with boughs of lollipops. Lolly, if you didn't know that, lollipop. What is it? Do you know what the origin of lollipop is? Let me let me toss I, that little trivia question out there for you. Did your coworker Lolly invent them? Well, <laughs> no. But that's a good guess. I do have a coworker named Lolly. Lolly is actually um, an old English word for tongue. Mm. It's a tongue pop. But you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Not very Christmas related, but uh... a tongue pop, also known as a blowjob, if I'm not mistaken. Justin, make that the intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, TJ Lett, here with my co-host, J.R. Lett. And Jack, I cannot remember ever being this underwhelmed by a semifinals week in our league. One of the worst playoff weeks in recent memory. I... In past memory, in more than recent memory, I mean, I I personally can't remember a time where we have a championship team scoring the point total that it did this year. A championship contending team, that is, scoring a point total in the playoffs and advancing. It's just remarkable. Uh, and it, it makes it hurt that much more that my team who put up 15,000 points this week, (laughs) is not in contention. Yeah, you know, I don't have the numbers to back this up. I did not do the research. But I am, I'm going to say very confidently that between the four teams that were in the semifinals, that this has to have been the lowest scoring point total in the history of our head-to-head league. I just, three teams getting under 10,000, three of the four teams getting under 10,000. That's not a good look. And and then the fourth team, I mean, Dan had a fine week, but it wasn't a great week. Um so let's uh, let's start with the maybe the worst semifinals matchup uh, in the history of our league. If it's not, it's certainly got to be darn close. Kyle somehow some way Gets the victory with 9,982 points. Brian can only muster up 9,152, even with DeAndre Hopkins getting by far his best week of the season with 3,400 points. 
the rest of Brian's team was just really, really bad, and it it, it culminated with Drew Brees at the end, only putting up 692 when all he needed from him was 1,500 points. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you got to give some credit to Jordan Howard putting up 1,400 points. He had a rushing touchdown in 60 yards. But literally, it's just Yopkins and Howard and then every other member of Brian's team disappointed. Kenyon Drake, only 670. Aaron Jones getting injured early in the game, only 80 points. That was devastating. Allen Robinson putting up only 690. Juju Smith-Schuster only putting up 600 points against a New England defense that looked vulnerable. He only caught four passes for 40 yards. I mean, from top to bottom, Kenyon Drake only getting 670. Harrison Butker, his kicker, only getting 400. It's just, it was an ugly week for Brian's team. And he still had a chance to win. (laughs) it's incredible going into monday night he was the favorite after those guys that i just read he was the favorite going into monday night strong favorite all he needed from his quarterback was a below average week yeah and he got (laughs) his worst week of the year and an absolutely unfathomably abysmal week from drew Brees. Letting Kyle squeak by with a sub-10,000 point victory. You know me, Tommy. I have been high on Kyle's team this year. I've been his little cheerleader on this podcast. His team put up a pathetic performance. And I'm embarrassed for our league that he's going to be in the championship. And I just had to say that. Because when you walk out on the field and you're rostering Corey Davis, who only gets 480, Leonard Fournette, who only gets 790. Josh Gordon, who only gets 240. I mean, his studs, they were only okay. Pat Mahomes with 1,800. Julio Jones with 1,700. Robert Woods with 1,200. He needs more from those guys if he's going to contend for a championship. Like we've said, Kyle's team the whole season has been those top four guys, his QB and his three wide receivers. He needs a whole lot more from those guys and some more consistency from the rest of his lineup if he wants a chance in the championship against the winner of the other semifinal. Yeah, I mean, Jack, we said last week that we saw a low-scoring matchup coming between Brian and Kyle. The matchups just weren't there, um, and for the most part, that is. And But, we, could, I mean, this is beyond anything we could have ever anticipated. I mean, it's Kyle's worst week of the year by almost a thousand points it's brian's second worst week of the year and his only worst week was he had like i think around seven thousand something against me uh earlier in the season but dude it's just i don't know this this whole mashup was was incomprehensible brian had some bad luck with aaron jones going down early against chicago now aaron jones probably wouldn't have had a massive performance but Jamal Williams scored a touchdown in that game, and you got to think that would have gone to Aaron Jones if he was healthy. Um, and it's really fun for me to sit here and look at Kenyon Drake and Juju Smith-Schuster, who last week combined for over 4,500 points, combined for 1,200 points this week. Um, 
<laughs> they were the reason I lost last week, and they're a big reason why Brian lost this week. I mean, he we talked about Juju needing to go big if Brian was going to have a shot, and if he would have, Brian would have won. But as it was, you mentioned just to, outside of the two guys you mentioned, Hopkins and Howard, everyone was trash. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle just got barely enough, just barely enough from his main guys. Um, but there are some serious questions, I think, to Kyle's team now um, going into the championship matchup. He doesn't have and, a running back. Right. <laughs> he doesn't have a single running back. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and we will talk about that. But, I, I mean, for him, he's incredibly lucky, as we mentioned, to be advancing to the championship. I and mean, you don't see this rarely ever, somebody getting in on the back of a sub 10,000 point performance and but there are questions to be answered about his team and if I'm him I'm not feeling good about my chances uh he's gonna have to go up against Daniel R. Tierney who easily took down dad this week with 12,304 to dad's worst week of the year 9,234 so in case you weren't paying attention Kyle had his worst week of the year Dad had his worst week of the year, and Brian had his second worst week of the year. Um, Fantasy playoffs, baby. This matchup, as bad as the other one was, there was at least some intrigue as to who was going to win. This matchup was incredibly boring. Dad just had uh, the perfect storm of bad, I guess, I mean, it's bad luck because his team had been so good all year long. And it started on Saturday and just after Saturday night, there was almost no chance Dad was going to win this matchup. Keenan Allen went out with an injury early in the game, did not return, didn't catch any passes. Uh, goose egg. It's hard to overcome a goose egg in the fantasy playoffs. It is. You need your other players to go big, and no one went big for Dad. Philip Lindsay against a cake matchup at home against Cleveland. Puts up outside of his game where he got ejected in the first half. This 640 from Philip Lindsay is his worst game of the year. Worst game of the year. Um, Tyler Boyd actually did pretty well, 11,080, but he also left yeah. the, the game in the second half injured. No, but you're happy with that from, from Boyd. Yeah, Diggs was good, 1380. Elliott was fine. It's actually Elliott's worst game in a while uh, with only 1430. Similar to what I said about Kyle's team, it you gotta I know it's easy to look at Zeke and say, oh, 1430, that's not a bad week, but Dad's team has been heavily leaning on Ezekiel Elliott as a powerhouse, and for him to put up only 1430 after five straight weeks of nothing less than 2200 is is tough. I mean, that's that's not what you want to see, and I don't know, man. That, that was the first time the Dallas Cowboys were shut out in 15 years. So, <laughs> who saw that game coming? You had to see that coming. That's why you know, <laughs> that's why it was a terrible stream to play Dak Prescott. I mean, if you know that the Cowboys are going to get shut out, what are you doing streaming Dak Prescott? Dad put his marbles in the Cowboys' basket, and they screwed him over. They failed him. They for sure failed him. 724 from Dak Prescott. Uh who had been honestly looking really good ever since Amari Cooper had gotten there. And I don't know, I guess credit to the Colts. They shut out the Cowboys. The Cowboys looked awful. And between Dak Prescott and Keenan Allen, I mean, there just wasn't enough elsewhere. I mean, he gets a good, decent 
performance from Minnesota's defense, 2050. That was a good stream. <laughs> Shout out to him for having three defenses to choose between. He chose the right one. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pettis, actually a really good flex play by him. We, we had talked about what was he going to do with the flex position, and he, he nailed it there. 1,080 for Pettis. You take that every time. Um, and honestly, Njoku with 450, I take that from him too. Because Njoku, that's, I don't know. He's had several games worse than that, for sure. Yeah, tight. the tight end landscape was as abysmal as these team scores we've been reading off. I mean, tight ends have been bad all year, but tight ends were particularly very bad this week. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll maybe touch on my team a little bit, but Zach Ertz was terrible. The second best tight end in the league put up 370 this week. Um, so it just... My boy uh, Trey Boo Boo yeah, came up with Trey. a big big week this week. <laughs> but yeah, so, so Dad Dad uh, he fizzled out. It wasn't uh, wasn't meant to be. He wasn't meant to repeat. He he drafted an excellent team. We both loved his team all year long. Uh, really strong at the wide receiver. His running backs had really come together. Uh, but it was just not his week. Not his week at all. And uh, he never stood a chance this week. But Dan. Dan's luck has completely turned around. Um, he squeaked into the playoffs, and now he's a championship team, baby. I told you. If J.R. Lett's team is going down, he's going down to the champion. <laughs> I missed out on a playoff spot because I had to face Dan in the last week of the regular season, and I faced a juggernaut. I mean, I am confident now to say that Dan has the best team in the league and I will gladly take that second-best team in the league spot behind him because he is truly a force to be reckoned with. And whoever he beats in the championship, a bronze medal will, will be coming your way. Yeah, yep. What's good for Dan is he doesn't have a particularly good week, uh, and I see the potential for a lot of his players to bounce back. Saquon Barkley has easily his worst game of the year with only 760 only put 31 rushing yards. You just haven't seen that from him this year. Um, Tyler Lockett has one of his worst weeks of the year with 704. Uh, that's back-to-back weeks. He hasn't scored a touchdown after scoring nine touchdowns in the first 13 weeks. Now, obviously, that kind of regression is to be expected, but um, I expect him to bounce back next week. Landry, who had looked good in back-to-back weeks, uh, went up against a tough Denver defense, only put in 520. I think he has a good chance of bouncing back, too. Roethlisberger, only with 15-10. That's his worst week in a very long time. Nick Chubb, honestly, a pretty good performance from him going up against Denver's uh, second half of the season, stout run defense, putting up 100 rushing yards. Uh, I would have been happy with that if I was Dan. Yeah, it's just tough. You really you really want him to get a touchdown there. You know what I mean? Like 100 yards is great, but 1,000 points is not enough from your RB2. 20 carries, 100 yards. You just wish he had gotten in the end zone. Yeah, obviously, obviously. Um, but going into the week, I, I didn't have super high expectations for Chubb. Um, He's going up against Cincinnati next week, so yeah, Woo. let's yeah yeah, um, absolutely. We will talk about that in just a moment. But uh, his best best performance of the week was uh, Chris Carson with twenty three eighty. And honestly, Jack, Chris Carson has been absolutely yeah, we, wonderful. We haven't talked about him enough. Not nearly because enough. Just I have I don't care about that right. <laughs> that Seahawks offense. I'm just not interested. Pass. Yeah. You know, I'll yeah. you you guys do your own analysis on that one. I don't know. It's just 
all they do is run the ball. So yeah, Chris Carson's good, I guess. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, especially like in the last five or six weeks, he's just been straight fire, and I, I like his matchup next week. And then Vance McDonald with 830, like we said, with what the landscape has been, I mean, I think Vance McDonald was a top, close to a top five tight end this week um, with that 830. So Chris Carson um, has a five touchdowns in the last seven weeks. So really, honestly, has put together a, a really impressive season and a great waiver wire pickup by Dan. Yeah, he is now a he's now a top twenty running back uh, on the season, even having missed a couple weeks. So um, he's been really, really good. And uh, as long as he's healthy, he's been he's been the guy. And uh, Mike Davis and Rashad Penny have been afterthoughts. The biggest thing about Dan's week, I said his best performer was Chris Carson. It's not statistically true when you look at his defensive stream. And Jack, this might be he gets he streams Atlanta's defense, and they put up twenty nine hundred points. And, Jack, this might be the most incredible defensive stream I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, uh, it, it's the stream of the year. I mean, I'll go as far as to say that. It's the defensive stream of the year. This is Atlanta's best week of the season by almost double. I mean, their defense has been bad. Week 3, negative 50 points. Week 5, 50 points. Week 10, 250 Week 11, 500. Week 13, 550. I mean, they, they have had abysmal scores all season long. Going into this week, Atlanta was the 31st ranked fantasy defense on the season, only ahead of Oakland. Uh, Atlanta, wow. going into the week, was averaging just over 650 points per week. Dan, that is a grown man's stream. <laughs> That is a what? that is a spit on your hand and 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 make a business deal kind of handshake. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean that is wow. That took some guts and it paid off and ha- did a lot to give you the edge in this matchup. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. Because he, I mean, you look at if you pay attention, he had Seattle that he had been playing the last few weeks and. Um, they sucked. They yeah, they didn't do well. It, it's literally a twenty one hundred. Sorry, no, exactly a two thousand point difference between Seattle and um, Atlanta. And now that still wouldn't have been enough for Dad to get the victory, but things would have been a lot tighter, uh, a lot tighter than Dan would have wanted. So, uh, great stream, and he's moving on to the championship. Congratulations, Dan. Jake, I don't know if you might like people might not remember exactly how close Dan was to being eliminated, but after after week ten. I beat Dan in week 10, and he dropped to 3-7. and seven. Yeah, we um, counted him out pretty much. Yes, he had to win out, and he did. <laughs> and other things had to happen along the way, and it all just it all came together. And This after, would be a championship for the ages. Yeah, yeah, at 3-7, and seven, he, was, he, was, he was dead in the water. Uh, he changed his team name this week to Never Say Die, and that is the absolutely correct philosophy to have in fantasy football i mean i told you the same thing it didn't end up working out for you but what were you oh and one and four oh and five to start the year and you almost made a comeback to make it yeah i was um, like i was like one and seven or something <laughs> i don't think that's <laughs> accurate but uh yeah no anything can happen in fantasy and uh it just it's been coming together and i think it feels like this is dan's year i mean that's what over the last five weeks um 
that's what it's felt like. Uh, it's just been all it's been going right for him ever since he dropped a three and seven. Jake, real quick before we go into the preview for the championship, let's just touch on these consolation games real quick. Um, yeah, I'll I'll let me start off with your team because you took down Greg in your matchup. You beat him eleven thousand five hundred ninety four to ten thousand one hundred sixty four. So congrats to you and your consolation victory. You were victorious on the back of a invigorating performance from Doug Baldwin. 21-70. I mean, Dougie's back. Dougie fresh. Two receptions. Four receptions, I should say, for two touchdowns and 77 yards. He looked good. I mean, he had a few really, really monster catches. And I don't know. It was exciting to see him look like Doug Baldwin again. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And... You also had some solid performances from your boy, Justin Jackson. Great stream by you with Melvin Gordon out. And Tevin Coleman coming through with 2,000 points. That's refreshing. Is that his... Wow, that's sad. That's his most... Oh, no, okay. That's his second most points of the year. He had a 3,000-point week. But still sad. (laughs) Still sad because he's been a starting running back all year. He lost himself a lot of money. He This is a contract year for him. He's going to be a free agent. He had the opportunity to come in in Devontae Freeman's absence, do really well on a juggernaut Atlanta offense, and get paid this summer. But I don't know who's going to sign him now. I mean, he did not have a good season. Yeah, I mean, someone's going to sign him. It'll just be he won't make the money. Yeah, he but, was hoping but to like, make. yeah, exactly. Um, and in his defense a little bit, he didn't, his, his yards per carry was not good this year. But they really didn't do him a favor. I mean, he was only getting around 10, 11 carries a week. Uh, even with the starting job, they were using Ido Smith so much. And as bad as Tevin Coleman has been, Ido Smith has been worse. Um, so the volume hasn't been there for Coleman, and he certainly did not make those limited touches uh, work in his favor. So it's not like he did anything to earn more touches, I guess is the point. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, you know, Decent week well, for my guys. Yeah, decent uh, week. And honestly, you had some points on your bench too. So solid performance top to bottom for your team for the most part. I mean, Lamar Miller got injured, as you mentioned, and Zach Ertz had a down week. But that's, you know, he's a tight end. That's going to happen. Other than that, and Michael Thomas having his first disappointing week in a while, it's, I don't know. I shouldn't say first disappointing week in a while. He had such a good stretch in the middle of the season, but four of his last the three of his last four weeks, Michael Thomas has been sub one thousand. Not what you drafted him for, but it's Drew Brees has sucked. The Saints have been trash. I mean, you the Saints now in three straight weeks have looked bad offensively. They got embarrassed in Dallas. They had a difficult time beating the Buccaneers. Now they ended up getting twenty. It was twenty-eight to fourteen, but they were not good offensively for most of that game. And now in this game against a Carolina defense who hasn't been good this year. They score one offensive touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of that game, Greg got no help from his boy Cam Newton, only putting up 574. He had 131 passing yards and one interception, no touchdowns. Really bad game for Cam Newton, his worst game of the year by far. Didn't see that coming, but it was just not a good game for either team. Saints won, like you mentioned. They are not the juggernaut team that we were talking about them as like three weeks ago. Um, Mike Williams having a huge game for Greg. He's someone that I'm excited to see next year. He he was a rookie this year. 
high draft pick, had a few monster games, but wasn't really consistent throughout the season. He'll be someone who has an interesting draft stock next year. And then Todd Gurley, doing Todd Gurley things. He got 29-40. Solid, solid running back for Greg this year. Todd Gurley will once again be in the top three pick conversation next season. All in all, great season by Greg. Squeaked into the playoffs, put up a valiant effort against you in the consolation. And congrats to you. Good luck in the next round. Thank you. And not to just a small correction there. Uh, Mike Williams is a second year receiver. Um, Interesting. Okay. But uh, what did he do last year? Nothing? No, not much. Um, well, it's time to buck up, Mike. Yeah, and he's got an opportunity here. I think with I think Keenan Allen's going to be out next week, and so we'll see if he can keep that keep rolling with him out and being the number one option. Uh, and then it's a very impressive week from Greg when he when you think about Mike Williams and Todd Gurley putting up an average or a combined score, sorry, of six thousand two hundred and forty, uh, and he barely reaches ten thousand. Um, but yeah, uh, second consolation game was. Louie versus Justin, another kind of underwhelming matchup. Louie has the best week of anyone that made the playoffs with 12,668. Much uh, worse week than me. <laughs> and Justin can only put up 10,706. So back-to-back bad weeks from Justin. Maybe his worst two-week stretch of the season. Um, it just, you know, Aaron Rodgers wasn't good. Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked good. I don't know if he's injured or what, Um Antonio Brown, not enough. I mean, twelve ninety, but not what you draft him for. Julian Edelman, solid as ever, twelve fifty. Uh, Marlon Mack was the huge thing, twenty five forty, and that really saved his week because it was pretty abysmal uh, everywhere else. Sutton has been incredibly disappointing. Uh, Duke Johnson Jr. I guess seven thirty for him actually isn't bad. Kelsey has not a good week for him with only nine sixty. Yeah, incredible week for tight end standards, but. Awful week for Travis Kelsey. The Rams looking like trash against the Eagles. Um, so, yeah, uh, Louis takes him down. Louis is now gonna. Louis and I are gonna be playing each other for fifth place. It's gonna be a battle. Nice, very um, cool. Dalvin Cook was huge for Louis this week. You should be scared about him. He looked great. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's. Um, he looked really, really good. Now Miami's defense is trash against the run, but he had some really good moves. He looks really good. Louis should be getting Melvin Gordon back. That's that's something maybe we, maybe we haven't talked about enough. A big reason why he honestly, lost last week. Honestly, dude, you know what's going to decide your matchup? Whether or not James Conner plays. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because if James Conner plays, then Louis cannot play Jalen Samuels. Correct. Maybe he can, though. You know, maybe Samuels gets enough action. Um you always got to correct me on my own show, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but, yes, no, I mean, obviously the James Conner thing, it will loom large in that matchup. Um, you got a lot of nerve. Congrats sorry. to Rui. Good luck in the Constellation matchup with Tommy. Tyreek Hill, you were just going to say it a disappointing yeah. week. Devontae Adams didn't, though. And no. All in all, I wouldn't worry. I don't know, man. Louis' team is pretty good. I'd, I know we're not going to touch, touch on your guys' next week matchup, but I... I might have to give him the edge in this one. His team's looking really solid heading into next week. Yeah, as you should, as you should. I would, I would do the same. Um, Louis got the top two wide receivers in the league: Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. They're literally one and two on the year in fantasy. And uh, before he went down with injury, 
he had a top five running back with Gordon. Uh, Dalvin Cook has looked great. Um, James White has been underperforming, but um, yeah, definitely give the edge to Louie there. So congrats, uh, Justin and uh, Greg will be playing each other for uh, seventh place. Great season to Justin as well. Fought hard yes. to get into the playoffs yeah. and put up a valiant effort. Best of luck next year. Keep crushing it. Love having you in the league. Love having you as our podcast producer. Well said. Couldn't have said it better. Now, we're going to break down the championship matchup in just a moment. Jack, before we do, I have... Do we have a sponsor? <laughs> no. No, oh, sorry. Shoot. Um I did some re- I did some I was just curious today about our league and playoff appearances for each owner, semifinals appearances for each owner, uh championship appearances for each owner. Um so I dove into that a little bit. I climbed down that rabbit hole and I came out um with some a couple interesting stats. Um we have 10 owners that have been in the league since it's been head-to-head all eight years. Um, Justin has only been in it for six years. He joined two years after we started. But in his six seasons, Justin has made the playoffs all six times, but has only managed to make one semifinals appearance, and he lost that. Um, Hmm. The other three teams, the other three owners that have not played all eight seasons, Jeff had five. Greg has now been in it for two. And shout out to John Guybe, who played in our league for three seasons, which I three completely seasons? forgot he was in our league for three seasons. I thought it was one and done. <laughs> yeah. I could have sworn it was no longer than a two-year stint. It was three years. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, a lot of fun. Really enjoyed having you. The last one is, the last stat I'll, I'll tell you is, Brian, in eight years, has made the semifinals six times. And Dad, in eight years, has made the semifinals five times. Wow. And what's even more incredible than that is that they have never faced each other in the semifinals. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. How insane. They have 11 combined semifinals appearances. What a fun fact, dude. Look at you. How did you conjure that one up, man? That's like a <laughs> data intern who's studying the numbers for eight hours. <laughs> Uh, I spent weeks gathering that info. Uh, no, so I just found that incredible that between their eleven appearances, they literally they've never they've never faced off in the semis. They they faced once in the finals um, in the championship, and that was when uh, Dad beat Brian last year. So uh, yeah, but moving on to the preview of the championship game. <sighs> I, I'm going to be very surprised if Dan does not win. I am looking at the matchups of both teams here, and I like what I see. Dan's team has been on a roll, and I like what I see from his matchups. Is um, it – let me just – here, honestly, before you jump to conclusions, I want you to think through this because I think you're not giving – I think you're not giving Kyle a shot. So let's let's compare position by position, and I just want you to make sure that you're giving the edge to Dan. Let's look at their running backs. Okay. Um, Dan has Saquon Barkley. Kyle has Leonard Fournette. Who do you take? Well, I'm going to take Saquon Barkley. 
for okay. obvious reasons, and then okay. you add on to that that Leonard Fournette only got one carry in the second half last week, yeah. and uh, injured his foot and has been has battled foot injuries in the past, and so he might not even play next week. Sure, one could argue that Saquon Barkley is the top three running back <laughs> in the NFL, and Leonard Fournette is struggling to keep a starting job in the NFL. <laughs> one but could argue. Who's to say? All right, fine. Fine, RB1. We give it to Dan. That doesn't mean he's going to win. Nick Chubb as RB2 going up against Cincinnati, the literal worst defense in the NFL. I don't know if that is true, but I'm saying it is. (laughs) Versus Matt Breida, who once again tweaked his ankle this week at the end of the game, going up against the Bears defense. Uh, To solidify your expertise, uh, they are. Against the run, they are literally the worst defense. I'm not uh, surprised to hear that. <laughs> that is such a juicy matchup. Um, and then, yeah, you counter he's gonna, that. He's going to score 4,000. You know, he won't. But would you be surprised if he did? No, you wouldn't. No, um, I mean, I'm expecting a 2,500-point game from Nick Chubb easily. And then, yes, Matt Breida, who, you know, for the, I think, is it the... 100th game in a row. Yeah, uh, he left, broke an NFL left. record for uh, leaving. Uh, it's his 100th consecutive start where he's left the game with an injury. So congratulations to Matt Breed on breaking that NFL record. That's really I mean, good stuff. Fine, fine. Let's say he miraculously is totally fine and comes back this ne- next week and gets all the carries. None of the other running backs who he's sort of been splitting carries with get any carries, he gets all of them. They're playing the Bears. I still don't want to play Matt Breida. I still yeah. don't want to play Matt Breida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine, dude, fine. Okay, that that worked out for you. Very convenient that the running backs go to Dan. But I think I, think I might have intentionally started there to <laughs> prove that that is the only thing you need to look at because the gap between those two positions is what is going to allow Dan to easily win this matchup. Kyle's going to need so much from his wide receivers. He's going to need so much from his wide receivers and quarterback. And I look at those matchups and talk me through it, Tommy, but I don't love them. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, the, 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 the running back disparity should be heavily in Dan's favor. And, you know, Leonard Fournette is a good matchup, but, Say he maybe he doesn't play. Say he does. There's a a very large risk of him re-injuring something. And same goes for Matt Breida. And then his only other running back is Lashawn McCoy, who also might not play. But yeah, to your point, I'm legitimately expecting a, a three thousand point gap in running backs, at least. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, and then to your point about the wide receivers, Robert Woods has been so solid all year long for Kyle. So solid, all year long. Um, Josh Gordon has been up and down. Uh, had a really bad week this last week. And then Julio Jones has been pretty much fire, save for one week in week 13 against Baltimore, um, since their bye week in week 8 has been absolutely awesome. Has climbed up. Uh, he's a top five wide receiver on the, on the year now. Um, that might, that, he's going to need Julio to be massive, again against Carolina because Jack I do not see a game script in favor of Robert Woods getting a lot of targets in a game 
against Arizona, who is so bad. I mean, they just let um, Tevin Coleman, who we talked about how bad he's been, <laughs> rush for 145 yards on 11 carries. Yeah. And now you're talking about Todd Gurley is going up against that rushing defense. I mean, Jared Goff might have to throw only 10 passes in this game. Yeah. Um, so as good as Robert Woods has been, if I'm Kyle, I don't like that matchup. Now, there's always a chance Robert Woods does well. He's just he's Robert Woods. It's that offense. But I see, I definitely see a game script where he is worked out of the game plan because they just don't need to throw. And then Josh Gordon, same exact thing. The Patriots are at home against Buffalo. And you think Tom Brady's going to be throwing a lot to Josh Gordon? Now there's always a chance he gets one deep bomb, right? I mean, that's yeah, Josh Gordon. that's the thing. If for Kyle to win this matchup, Josh Gordon has to catch a deep bomb, and Julio Jones has to score 2,500. Yeah, and then you look at Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes is going to Patrick Mahomes, but Seattle's defense at home. Question, Tommy, before you get too ahead of yourself. Really good. Looking, no, Jack, no. Look, Tommy. No. No, we're looking Jack. at Kyle's Absolutely team here. Absolutely not, Tommy. We're Jack, looking no. at you. Don't Kyle's even think about it. Team here. We're looking at his bench, and he's got <laughs> Baker Mayfield going up against the Bengals. Baker Mayfield's gonna eat in that game, my friend. Patrick Mahomes. I don't know, man. Down week last week, only eighteen hundred. Going up against a real tough Seahawks defense. I don't know. Play Baker? I can't tell if you're just trying to mess with Kyle. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't, I mean, he shouldn't consider it. Yeah. I mean, now, on, Kyle, think about it. Think about it. Uh, the, the other thing that was going to work in Kyle's favor is while Kittle and Breida will probably not have good games, and Breida for sure won't, but Kittle as a tight end, um, now, Chicago was a bad matchup against tight ends, but if they were going to have success anywhere, it'd probably be in the security blanket that is George Kittle. Yeah, and you play Kittle. I mean, he's been oh, of course he's playing week, Kittle. But he's, yeah. yeah, he's a stud. But my, point, my point I was making, sorry to cut you off, is... Sorry to cut... I, you just cut me off cutting you off, dude. <laughs> Are you serious? The, while those players might not do well, that will bode well for Kyle's defense in Chicago and they could have an absolute field day against uh, mm. Mullins and the 49ers. And Oof. so to your to your point about Julio Jones needing to go large, I think Chicago having a massive defensive performance is going to be really, Kyle's best That's chance. a really good take. Yeah, Kyle will win the championship. The, I mean, the Bears could. That's a defense that in our league, they could drop a four a four bomb. You know what I mean? Just put up four grand. And, oh and yeah, it, they they could get three K against San Fran, and I wouldn't even blink. Win Kyle the matchup. I mean, that would be devastating for Dan, especially with Dan streaming a defense. It'll be really important the defense he chooses because he's got a lot. He's got some big shoes to fill in terms of looking position versus position. He could end up. I mean, the Bears could put up a performance that negates the running back difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it's going to be very important and very interesting to see who Dan chooses to go with. Excuse me, I hiccuped a little bit there. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see who he goes with because... So we've, we've talked about Kyle's team a lot. 
what yeah. what are your thoughts on Dan's wide receivers? Because that's the biggest question mark for me in this matchup. Obviously, who is he going to stream at the defensive position? But also, wide receivers. Can Dan rely on his wide receivers this week to bring him a championship? So, my answer is yes. And this is exactly why I think Dan is going to win. Um, you mentioned the running back disparity and how much of a difference that should be in Dan's favor, which I, and I definitely agree with that. But the fact when I that when I looked at this matchup, I see the potential for Dan's wide receiving core to outscore Kyle's wide receiving core. And if that happens, there's just no way Kyle wins. Um, now it'll it'll depend largely on Julio Jones. I think he's the really the only one of Kyle's three wide receivers that has a shot at going massive. But I look at a guy like Tyler Lockett, who has been really, really solid all year long, going against a Kansas City defense that hasn't been great, has given up a lot of yards, and Seattle's going to be back at home. It's a very important game for them. They play well at home. Russell Wilson should have to throw a lot um, because I think Kansas City's going to – Kansas City has yet to not put up points – so Kansas City will put up the points, should force the, the Seahawks to throw more. I like Tyler Lockett's chances of catching a deep ball, whether it be for a touchdown or not. Uh, I think Jarvis Landry, you mentioned how bad Cincinnati's defense is. Before it's you a- move on to Jarvis Landry, I want to play devil's advocate on that Tyler Lockett point because Dougie Baldwin is back, baby, and Tyler Lockett only caught two only had two targets in the game last week. Six targets the week before that, but only for 42 yards. And then only two targets the week before that. Fortunately, one of them was for a 52-yard touchdown. So you're saying that he has the touchdown potential. I see that happening in the Kansas City game, but with the big week that Doug Baldwin put up last week, I also see it being just as plausible that Tyler Lockett goes out there and only gets two targets again and puts up a measly 40 yards. And with Jarvis Landry this season... I know you were about to compliment the defense he's going up against. The matchup is juicy, but you never know with Jarvis Landry and T.Y. Hilton. I guess my point is you're, I don't think there's a chance in heck that Dan's wide receivers outscore Kyle's wide receivers. I just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not buying into the Colts, though, because I still don't trust T.Y. Hilton against a pretty decent Giants defense. And Jarvis Landry has just been too inconsistent for me to hang my hat on him. I still, I, I, I think his wide receivers are definitely his vulnerability. Uh, yeah, I just would just have to agree to disagree. T.Y. Hilton has been tremendous since third week nine by week. Um, worst worst week of the of in that stretch is nine twenty when he was going up against Jacksonville and uh, and playing against um, their tough corners there. So. And after that, 3,200, 1,600, 1,170, 2,440, 1,100. 1,100 against Dallas, who is also a great defense. Now, the Giants' corners have been good, but uh, T.Y.'s getting the targets in the last – in that stretch, he got – his lowest targets was seven in the last six games. He's got nine, 10, 13, 12, eight. Um, in a game against the Giants, the Colts have looked really good. I think the Colts are going to have a – field day at home against the Giants and it you see that red matchup and it and it maybe scares you and that's why you don't trust it I would not be surprised if T.Y. Hilton 
puts up 2,500 plus this week against the Giants at home. The the Colts have been on a roll. They're fighting for a playoff spot. Luck's going to lean heavily on T.Y. Um, to your point about Landry, he has been up and down, but two out of the last three weeks have been good. Um, and he got eight targets last week, but Denver's a good defense, and Cincinnati's an atrocious defense. You think Baker Mayfield's going to go off, and I, I know you're jesting a little bit about Kyle playing May- Mayfield over Mahomes, but if I think the Browns are going to win this game, and Nick Chubb is going to have a tremendous game, but I think Baker Mayfield will have a good game too. And I like to, I like Jarvis Landry to put up more than a thousand this week. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't disagree with you. Okay, to your point about Tyler Lockett, yeah, there's obviously a chance he doesn't do much, but would you rather play Tyler Lockett this week? at home against Kansas City, or would you rather play Josh Gordon at home against the Bills? Mm. Tyler Lockett, definitely. Yeah, that's that's an easy, that's because, an easy because answer of the, for me. Because of just the big play potential against a really vulnerable Chiefs defense. Yeah, and and the, the fact that I, for on the other side, like like I said, Josh Gordon, there's, there's always a chance he gets those a couple deep options. But if he doesn't connect on those, I mean, you're looking at. I would not be surprised if Josh Gordon had a repeat performance of this last week and got yeah. in the low two, three hundred, something like that. Um, now let's look at their. We haven't talked about either of their flex spots. Chris Carson, very plus matchup against Kansas City. You know now. So we talked about Russell Wilson maybe needed to throw more, but their goal is going to be to run the ball into the ground with Chris Carson yeah. and try and control the clock. Um, and Kansas City has had a very hard time stopping the run. I expect at least, I mean, I think Chris Carson gets a touchdown in this game, and uh, I would be surprised if he doesn't reach 1,500. And then you look at Kyle's flex. <laughs> Should be Adam Thielen. Should be Adam Thielen. Uh, who had a bad week this who week. Who had so a bad I week. I guess Kyle saw that coming, but too bad he got Corey Davis and Anthony Miller to replace him. Anthony Miller has just been irrelevant. Uh, pretty much since Kyle traded for him, um, he did, wasn't even he was not even targeted in the game against Green Bay. He got one target against the Rams. He got two targets against Detroit. Four targets against uh, sorry, two targets against the Giants. Four targets against Detroit. Three targets against Minnesota. Um, he traded for him after his big 122 yard one touchdown performance against Detroit with that 2070 performance, and since then it's been bad. Corey Davis has been. Corey Davis. I mean, it's Corey Davis. This this is Corey Davis. Maybe Corey Davis gets two thousand for Kyle next week. That, that's definitely possible. But also, maybe Corey Davis gets five hundred for Kyle next week. And Kyle's going to have to play Corey Davis uh, because that that is his best option. But somehow, yeah. And so, I just it's fantasy football, right? Anything, anything can, can happen. happen. Anything can happen. And boy, and will it. But if you're, if I'm looking at, oh, and we haven't even talked about Ben Roethlisberger in New Orleans. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that a lot. It's going to be, it is a tremendously, tremendously important game for the Steelers. As 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 much crap as you want to talk about the Saints and how bad they've been the last few weeks, they are unstoppable at home. And so I expect that Saints offense to have no problem scoring the ball against the Steelers. And in a game that the Steelers got to try and get, Ben Roethlisberger is going to have to throw the ball a ton. And uh, 
I like Juju and Antonio Brown to to have big games, and, and, and as a result, Ben Roethlisberger should have a big game. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I love. It just feels like I don't know. It, 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 to me, it feels like this might be relatively easy for Dan. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's never as easy as it seems. I think Kyle coming off of his sub-10,000 point performance, it definitely is easy to paint his team as on its way to a championship loss. But you never know in fantasy. And like I've been saying all year, Kyle's team is pretty solid. I mean, he's had the number one quarterback, which... To my discredit, I drafted Patrick Mahomes, and I dropped him. I replaced him, and it's it's worked out fine for me. Matt Ryan was good, and blah, blah, blah. I don't think that was the difference in my season. I had bad luck elsewhere. but Definitely not the difference. Kyle was, Kyle was smart enough to pick him up after I dropped him, and he trusted in Mahomes, and, and it paid off, and his wide receivers have been so good. The, thing about, the funniest thing about Kyle's team is his running backs have just been so bad, and after that bad Adam Thielen trade. And I don't know. Kyle's team... I don't think Kyle's team is deserving of a championship at this point. I think Dan's team is definitely closer to championship form. And besides the fact that I want Dan to win because he beat me, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I just think Dan's team from top to bottom is is a championship caliber team. And I look at Kyle's team, and as of right now, I don't see that. So I agree with you. I think Dan will win this week. I don't expect it to be a particularly close matchup. But, you know, for the excitement of the league, I hope it is. But, Dan, good luck. Kyle, good luck. You both, at the end of the day, deserve to be there somewhat. And that's fantasy football. A win's a win, a loss is a loss. You're there. You know, I think I should be there. I certainly deserve it. But, uh, gosh, it's fun. We're here. I mean, it's not fun, like you said. It's been a weird couple of weeks in terms of fantasy football. But here we are, Kyle and Dan. And that's all she wrote. Any last thoughts, Tommy? Um, yeah, not really. I, I mean, I like what you said. Dan's team is just looking so solid across the board. Um, he's had a five-week stretch here where this 12,300-point performance that he just had, um, that's his worst week um, since he's won all of his games since dropping to 3-7. and seven. And with that worst week, I just, like I said, I just, I don't see how Saquon Barkley doesn't bounce back in a big way. I don't see how Nick Chubb doesn't have a really good game. Um, and I just, I like the matchups. His team has been... Better, much better. Well, I don't know about much better, but his team has been tremendous and uh, really good. His team has been a strong second-half team, and Kyle's maybe not as much. Um, Kyle really hit his stride middle of the season, and he just was never able to never able to f- figure out his running back situation. And now that's really all it came down to. I mean, yeah, he's been, he's absolutely. had George Kittle, who's been a stud. Like I mentioned, Patrick Mahomes and the wide receiver so good. He just, I mean, if he at any point in the season on the waiver wire or via trade had been able to really lock down a, a solid, solid RB one, or even like a, a really, really good RB two, just, just a consistent, really good running back. He, 
he really would have had a championship team on his hands, but he wasn't able to do that, and I think it'll cost him this week. Yeah, and I think we're in, agree- uh, in agreement there. The Leonard Fournette thing has been, been rough for I didn't Kyle expect that. All, all season. You know, he there was that three-week stretch where he came back from his injury, and it was like, damn, if Leonard Fournette's going to be doing this, Kyle's team yeah. would be unstoppable. Yeah. And then yeah. he gets suspended, and then in the playoffs, he's just been bad. I mean, there's no other He doesn't look good. I mean, the no. Jaguars don't look good, but Leonard Fournette really doesn't look like good you when wa- you watch him in the games. And you wonder, Jacksonville's got nothing to play for. If Fournette's foot isn't 100%, I mean, what's the reason to play him? Yeah, that's a good point. And so if Fournette doesn't play, and let's say for let's arguments— Let's doesn't play. Right. So all three of his running backs are going to be questionable. Um, and so <laughs> Always great going into a championship. With Sean McCoy, he's got a hamstring injury. And Buffalo's not playing for anything. So if Sean McCoy's not 100%, they won't hesitate to sit him. And then Kyle's got to go to the waiver wire for a running back potentially. And there's just... When you're talking about a team in the championship having to go to the waiver wire when there's really no running backs available... Um, either that or he's got to play off to play Theo Riddick against Minnesota. No thanks. So, uh, yeah, I guess my point is just what what we've been saying, I guess, since we've been talking about these matchups, is that it's just I don't see the matchups being there for Kyle at, at for, what he, for which guys that he needs to go big. And then, uh, I don't know, I'm really worried about his running back situation. So, uh, it's going to have to be Julio and Chicago if they're if, and obviously Mahomes, Mahomes with his big play potential. So the good news for Kyle is he definitely has the players, the big players with big point ability. And so if all he, if he strikes goal with Mahomes, Jones, and Chicago, and the three of them put up like eight thousand together, it's not really going to matter probably. Again, that his running back situation is such trash. So, uh, yeah, like you said, good luck to both. I'm I'm oh, really man. excited. I wish it was us. I wish it was me and you as well. Uh, That'd be fun. You would have won this week. I would have won this week. Um, so that's fun. And Dude, I had the highest scoring team this week. I know. So that's great stuff. Did I mention that already? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Hey, yeah. man, this is our last non-live podcast of the year absolutely dude next week i will be in gray's lake or madison wherever we choose to record it true true and boy what a season we've had season two we made it man almost all the way through congrats to us i'm sure the audience is cheering raucously in their cars or bedrooms or bathrooms wherever you're listening out there Congrats to us, and thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, guys. Good luck, Dan and Kyle. I, Brian and, and Dad, sorry, we're not going to preview your your third-place matchup. Best of luck to both of you. Don't care. Yeah, don't really give a shit. Also, both of you shat the bed this week. and Drew, you're definitely not listening, but sorry you missed the playoffs by... Less than a point. Yeah. <laughs> You're definitely not listening, but sorry. Really sorry that happened, man. <laughs> that uh, blows. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Scott, you should have never held on to Alex Smith. 
Love you, everybody. Join us live next week. So one last time this season. Don't worry. We'll be back next season. Let's talk fantasy football. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-shroom-ba. do 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 shroom